the lights are out. The game is over. But we're just getting started. He got it! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on the Bay Area's sports station. 95-7. The game. Warriors wrap up here on the home of the Warriors, 95-7 the game. Chris Townsend, Matt Steinmetz, of course, Warriors wrap up, always presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Warriors on the road tonight get thumped by the Indiana Pacers, 126-106. to The Pacers from beyond the arc, 51.7%, 15 of 29, while the Warriors are just 9 of 29. And it just seemed in this game, Matt, Indiana obviously is playing for something more than the Golden State Warriors, and it looked like it. Yeah, it did, but you know what, Townie? It shouldn't have. And I realize that the Pacers are playing for position and the Warriors are locked into two, but I did expect the Warriors to play better tonight because as far as I'm concerned, tonight's game simulated what it would be like in the first round of the playoffs because you're playing without Steph Curry, all right, you beat a good team on the road in Oklahoma City. You've had a day off. Now you play another good team on the road. And I was looking specifically to see if they could sustain kind of their level of play and their energy level in this game tonight, and they couldn't. And it tells me that it's going to be hard to do that without Stephen Curry. I don't think it's an effort thing. Steve Kerr didn't like their effort. I get that. But I think it's more that their margin for error becomes much less. And it's hard, and it's going to be hard for them to win back-to-back road games against a good team. And that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. So, to my way of thinking, if the Warriors go back to Utah for a Game 3 or Oklahoma City for a Game 3, I think it's going to be tough for the Warriors to win two consecutive games on the road without Curry in the first round just because they don't have the firepower and they're just not as good of a team. You know, I would I agree with you. I hate, and we actually had the, a little bit of this argument here at 95-7 the game during the game because whenever you, you, you kind of let them off the hook, you kind of like, you don't give the other team the credit and it's like, well, they didn't win because ah, they really didn't want to try as much. And the reality is that should not be the case. First of all, you're professional. You should be gunning for it, especially where you are right now, where you need to start turning the ship in the right direction. You're going for the historic 60 wins, four straight years, to join the Showtime Lakers as the only guys ever to do that. So, obviously... You know where you are in the postseason, and the Pacers are battling their you-know-what coming down the stretch here. When you start looking at the Eastern Conference, they're sitting right now in the number 5 seed with their 47 and 32. I mean, they're all bunched up in the East, very similar to where they're bunched up in the in the West, but not as much because the bottom teams versus the middle, there's a bigger discrepancy. But yeah, I mean, to me, the Golden State Warriors, whenever... I always like the fact when we hear that mentality, we want to hear from you, 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. That when you're on the road as a professional, there is that little something that you you only go to certain spots one one time a year, and you're, you're putting your showcase out there in front of these fans one time a year. I, I really don't like the fact that we talk about, well, tonight the effort just wasn't there. Why Why the hell wouldn't the effort be there? Don't tell me you haven't had rest. These guys have had rest. 
Well, they've been hurt, though, too. Yeah, but they've had rest. You know, they're banged up, though. So they... Like, they only had 10 guys the other night. I mean, that's why they're playing Damian Jones and, and Quinn Cook. But I hear you. I don't... Let's say... No more excuses. How about that? That's fine. That's fine. I, I don't necessarily think it was all the Warriors tonight or all effort and energy. It's going to be hard for them to sustain really good play without Steph Curry because they're not as good of a team. When you take Steph Curry off this team, everybody's got added responsibility. So how are they going to handle it? All right, well, let's look at the box score. Kevin Durant was 8 for 23 tonight. All right, that's on the heels of a 9 for 25. We're talking about a player that was shooting 55% this year. So it's not an accident that Durant hasn't shot the ball from the field well the last two games. He's playing without Curry. And Klay Thompson... Similarly, we know how Curry helps him and his game. And as for not being ready to play, I don't see how this would be really any different than, let's say it was a game four of a series that the Warriors were either up 2-1 or even or up 3-0. That's what tonight looked like to me. It looked like the Warriors were a team that was in the playoffs. Maybe they just won game three on the road and they came back for a game four and they couldn't get it done, but they know in the back of their minds it's not the be-all and end-all, which I don't know if it's good or not. You want to be at a point to where you're starting to vibe as a team, a, a team that's going to be playing without Steph Curry. This, this is what you have. Steph Curry's not coming in the first round. So what you have, and once you get Andre Iguodala back, and these last few games is having that rhythm, playing with that vibe to where everybody is very comfortable in the roles because, as you said, when Steph Curry's not here, the roles change for everybody, and some change more than others. Yeah, and I also think we could make too big a deal of the Warriors really getting to getting it together right now because... All right, they have two or three games left in the regular season. Then they go into the playoffs. And let's say they're hitting on all cylinders, and they win the first round. Well, they're going to have to change the second round when Curry comes back. Now, Curry's played 25 minutes in seven or eight weeks when he comes back. So how are you going to incorporate him? You can't put everything on his shoulders because he's probably not going to be the player he was when he left. I mean, what kind of shape is Steph Curry going to be in? That's the other thing I think we have to talk about. And... The fact that he's going to rejoin the team, knock wood, for the second round of the playoffs. So he ain't coming back for a home game against the Sacramento Kings in mid-December. He's getting thrown into the second round of the NBA playoffs against somebody that's going to be a darn good team. That's another thing worth, worth examining. Of course it's going to be great to get him back in that second round, but what kind of Steph Curry are you getting, you getting back? And the one thing I do think about when we talk about this, when we talk about whoever they're going to be playing, who's ever going to be the number 7 seed, those teams that we look at at the bottom of the Western Conference, and once again, we'll take your phone calls at 888-957-9570. What did you see in this one tonight? What makes you think, I'm not worried whatsoever? What makes you think, oh, there's a little caution here? 888-957-9570. But when you look at the bottom of the Western Conference, how much it's bunched up, Well, three of those teams, one of them looks like who the Warriors will be taking on. They're not playing good basketball. 
You've got three teams in Oklahoma City, Minnesota, New Orleans. They're all 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. So it's not like they're sprinting to the finish line right now. Right. A lot of those teams are playing each other, and it's going to be basically interesting to see how it all shakes out. I don't think the Warriors are going to know who they're playing until next Tuesday or Wednesday. It might even be Wednesday because they may have to wait on that final day of the regular season. But even a night like tonight, we're watching the game together, and the Warriors got down, I think, 18 or something, and then they came back and got it, I believe, to 12. or No, it was 22 to 12, something like that. And I still said, you know, this is the difference with the Warriors. I still feel like they're in big trouble tonight when they were down 12 or 14. But I was thinking, but you know what? If they had Curry, I would say this game's got a long, long way to go. And that's just kind of the way you feel about the Warriors with, without Curry. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're really good. But they're not great. And they're not as good as they are without Curry. Yeah, that was something that we all kind of looked at each other and went, you know, when the little guy gets it going and he starts draining threes, there is something that Steph Curry does to the other team. Yeah, that's true. It's a mentality, right? Everybody in the building, I don't care if it's Oracle, I don't care if it's, what's it now, Bankers Insurance Fieldhouse or whatever that it is tonight, wherever they're, whatever. The old Conseco. I call it the old Conseco. Bankers Life Fieldhouse. (laughs) Whatever it's called. Everybody in the building knows when he gets hot. When he gets hot, everybody's like, here's the great. I mean, because haven't we all pretty much recognized how, whatever era you want to talk about, he's really the greatest shooter we've ever seen, at least long distance shooter. And then you throw in his ability to drive to the basket, make plays, make plays off the glass, kick it out to other people. It's just when Curry gets it going, everybody knows, uh oh. Now, but the whole thing with Durant coming. Wasn't Durant kind of the insurance if something happened to Steph Curry? Yeah, he absolutely was. But they never wanted to test out whether Durant could lead this team to a title without Steph Curry. It was it was built for the both of them. So that's one thing that obviously you have to you have to factor in. I mean, without Steph Curry, I think they're well, let's 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 rule out Boston now because of the Kyrie injury. Cleveland and Toronto in the East, and let's throw Philly in there. That they're playing great, so who knows? Then you got the Warriors, you got Houston, you have Portland. If if the Warriors get knocked out, there are a bunch of teams I think that could that could win it all. Um, and if you just if if the Warriors were to receive tragic news and Curry wouldn't be available for the postseason, the Warriors would still have a chance to win it all. They would still have a chance to win it all. I don't know if they'd be the favorite. I think Houston would then become the the favorite. I don't know about prohibitive favorite, but it's still a really good team without Curry. But with Curry, it's special, and that's a big difference. 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. Matt Steinmetz, Chris Townsend, Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo, Smart Home Smart Home Security. After the Warriors lose on the road 126-106. to And really, you got to give Portland a lot of credit tonight. I mean, Portland, I mean, they shot the lights out. I mean, excuse me, Indiana. They shot lights out. I mean, they were from the field 
basically 54% and 52% from three-point range. I mean, they had it going. And whenever they thought about there was going to be a any type of run, they, they, they just they stopped that really quick. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM, and HD1 San Francisco, the radio home of every single Warriors playoff game. Steiny, every single Warriors playoff game. Every single one, Townie. By the way, the uh, the Jazz are beating the Clippers right now by 14. If the Clippers lose tonight, you could pretty much put a fork in them. They need, they have to beat Utah tonight to to stay in the thing. And then Minnesota Denver's the best game of the night in terms of how it may affect the Warriors. The Warriors right now would be looking at a first round matchup with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are getting Jimmy Butler back tonight, apparently. So the more I think about the Warriors' first-round opponent, I used to think, oh, they want the Pelicans. But you just start looking down all the teams, whether it's the Pelicans, whether it's the Timberwolves, whether it's San Antonio. It's going to be a handful for the Warriors. And I think the key is how much... Can the Warriors keep in the tank in that first round? They, they don't want to get stretched to six or seven games. That's the one thing they don't want to have happen to them. But if they want to finish up that first round series in five or less, they're going to have to play well. They're going to have to play well, and they're going to have to do it against a pretty good team. Well, I was looking at the tiebreakers. It's a long list. Like It's kind of like, oh my God, I really don't want to read this. Because you have so many teams bunched up, and I know a lot are going to play each other, but you've got Utah and San Antonio. So Utah right now, 45 and 33, and you say they're winning right now, right? Yep. You got San Antonio, 45 and 34, Oklahoma City, 45 and 34, Minnesota's 44 and 34, and New Orleans is 44 34. I don't know if I remember anything no. pretty much bunched up like this. So what that means is. There's a lot of different tiebreakers. It's incredible. And Denver's 43 and 35. Denver's just a game out of the eighth spot, but the seventh and eighth spot are tied. Minnesota and New Orleans. If Denver beats Minnesota tonight, they're going to be in seventh effectively instead of ninth. So you're right. There's there's no sense for any team, any team really, to start honing in on an opponent because Absolutely nobody knows who's gonna who's gonna play whom in the first round. And you know, the the, the bottom line, Townie, is who each of the top four teams play in the first round may have a big time bearing on whether that team can go all the way or not. Because I do think the team that handles the first round the fastest will be at an advantage. And isn't Jimmy Butler going to be back tonight? They're going to yeah. tip off tonight at 7.30 in Denver, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a TNT game. Isn't he back? Yeah, they said. So, so you kind of wonder, only a couple games. He's been out a long time. Like, he's how missed much- about six, six, eight weeks, but he at least was feeling like he was definitely going to come back before the playoffs, and it looks to me like he timed it just right because they have about four or five games left, which is – it's kind of perfect, I think, if you're coming off an injury. But you know what? I, I think in the sports talk world, and we'll take your phone calls at 888-957-9570, in the sports talk world and even the TV world, 
we make it sound a lot easier than it is because you just cannot simulate in any sport game speed. You just can't do it. You cannot. It doesn't matter. You just... You can throw a guy down in the minor leagues for a rehab assignment. You can do whatever with hockey, NBA, you name I mean, obviously in football, it's a joke. Can't even discuss that. But you can't. However you want to get a guy back, he's nowhere near being ready to go at full speed for a considerable amount of time. You can't simulate it. There's no way to do it. No, and that's why Jimmy Butler coming back now is perfect because he'll have a week. Two week, week, week and a half to get his legs under him. And that's going to be the challenge for Curry that he's going to come back and be thrown right into it. He's got four, counting, counting tonight, he's got four games to get back into perfect. game shape. To me, that's perfect. Really is. And that's what scares me about Curry. Yes. Is that's... essentially he's going to have 25 minutes of basketball. In almost two months. Yeah, about seven plus weeks. You're right. So. And it's and it's not one of those injuries that's like if it's an upper body, like let's say it's Clay. Right. Clay has a chance to keep the stamina up and keep his legs because it's a thumb. It's different when you're dealing with no doubt two different. I'm, I'm almost going hockey here. Lower body injuries when you're talking about an ankle and a knee at the same time. No, I mean there's absolutely no doubt. I mean part of his rehab. The first step is to stay off it for three weeks, so or mostly off it, or give it mostly rest for three weeks. Then next Saturday or next Sunday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, they'll reevaluate Curry, and it'll be three weeks. And you know what's amazing, Townie, is it just feels like everybody's assuming the best. And we all hope he comes back sooner rather than later, but... If in three weeks even they say, wow, this thing looks great. This thing looks better than we thought. Well, they're not going to put him out there that night because he will not have played in seven weeks or only 25 minutes. I mean, at that point then you start saying, all right, let's start working out a little. Let's start. You know what I mean? You're still probably a week to ten days away from him getting back on the court. Yeah, and I kind of wonder what exactly – they're doing with him right now. You know, is, is he doing that where he's in the pool and simulate running in the pool where you're not putting any your, in your weight on there? I mean, there's there's different things you can do, but, you know, what exactly is he doing to stay in, some, in somewhat type of as close as you possibly can to game shape? You know, they have those treadmills where you can be on the treadmill in the pool. I know they do that a lot when you have like a knee injury or you have an ankle injury. So, because once you're in the pool, you're not putting any weight on, on your lower body. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. And they all, they always have the hyperbaric chamber now that they may be using. Oh, Bill Romanowski love hearing about that. Exactly. Got to get him in there, get that extra oxygen in there to heal. Absolutely. We got three games left. I know it. That's it. Three games left. Saturday against New Orleans, Sunday against Phoenix, and then you and I will close this thing out right here on 95.7 The Game with the game at Utah. Yes. And that game may be very important to the Jazz because the Jazz may the Jazz may be in a position, Townie, where a loss would mean they face the Warriors in the first round, but a win 
Heck, that might mean that they're going to get home court in the first round against somebody else. So, like you said, there's so, so much that could happen. And it's going to be great to see how it shakes out. And then it's going to be a lot of fun watching these matchups. Because I don't care who Houston plays, that's going to be a good matchup. I don't care who the Warriors play. It's going to be a good, entertaining matchup. And ditto for the the 3-6 and and the 4-5. and Warriors wrap-up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. There is definitely a player that could help the Warriors, especially with Steph out. But will he be able to? You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Warriors with the loss to the Indiana Pacers, 126-106. to It's now time for the play of the game, brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. Nine to shoot back to Turner. He'll glide in his pass of beauty to suppose, but it's ripped away by Kevon Looney. Nick Young has it down the right side. What a play by Looney. Young feeds Looney. Looney steps out and throws it back outside to KD. Looney will screen for Durant. Durant takes it down the heart of the defense, finds Cook, who flares to the left corner, and buries a three, and the Warriors are back on top. Kevon Looney starting that sequence by forcing the turnover. Nate McMillan wants a timeout. Kevon Looney. The young players getting an opportunity like we never thought they would. By the way, the 408, right on the money. You said, well, what's Steph doing? Is he in the hyperbaric chamber? Is he running in the pool? The 408 knows exactly what he's doing. He's doing what I'm doing. This week, Steph Curry's watching the Masters every day (laughs) for eight hours a day. You know what? I think he's probably right. <laughs> he might he might be icing while he's doing it. Yes, but uh, right. doing a little rice. Or if he's in the or if he's in the whirlpool, you know what rice is? Rest something compression elevation rest oh, rest ice rest ice yeah. compression elevation yeah. yeah. And yeah. That's, it's basically what I did all day long, except <laughs> with the ice and the compression and the elevation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, ESPN started showing Masters highlights very early before they went to their coverage, watched it all the way up. I admit I was watching it in my car, and then uh, I was out at the treehouse today, and I had it going at the treehouse, and then uh, I was watching it on the way over here. Watched it all, watched them all the way. Me and Steph will have you covered for the Masters. Of course he's watching this. Yeah. And you know what? You know it would be cool to be Steph Curry watching this? He knows every hole. I now, know. we know every hole, but he knows every hole because he's – Played it multiple times. I know every hole because of Tiger Woods, the game. The Yeah, Tiger Woods golf, yeah. Yeah, but it was uh, Wii. I played Wii. I was really good at it, too. Yeah, like Tiger? Oh, I could beat Tiger. Like, I would shoot 66s regularly at Augusta <laughs> on Wii. Like it's nothing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the number is 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. Time to hear from the fans. Brought to you by Nations Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real. Make it Nations. Let's go to Michael in Oakland. Good evening, Michael. Hey, man. As, as a fan, a longtime fan, I'm embarrassed by the way the Warriors are playing. I mean, we're talking about fans, fans are paying anywhere from 200 to to $1,000 for these tickets and getting lackluster performance 
And then you hear all the commentators making up excuses when they're not motivated. You know what? When I was brought up, my mother said, if you can't do it right, don't do it at all. And I'm really disappointed in the way the Warriors are playing. Lackluster, don't care. Just throwing their shoes in there. I think that's going to do it, man. They got to put the work in now because you got the playoffs coming and the habits that you're going, you're doing right now is not going to win. You get you past the first round. Simple as that. Well, the Warriors are lackluster. They're not playing hard. They're not coming to work. They won 67 games, 73 games, 67 games, and they're right there knocking on the door to 60 again. I mean, I can understand not liking that the team's not reaching their potential, but if any team deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's got to be this team. I mean... I don't find it surprising they lost tonight. They're in an away arena against a motivated opponent without their best player. I got news for you. The Warriors aren't the best team in the NBA when they don't have Steph Curry. They're still one of the top six or eight, but they ain't the best. So you can't you can't just waltz out there and play the game and... And expect to win. And here's the other, well, and the caller's right there, but here's the thing. Without Steph Curry, you can go out and play well now and still lose. Because there are other teams out there that might be as good as the Warriors talent-wise if you, you remove Steph Curry. Especially if there's no Iguodala either tonight. Well, that was my thing I wanted to bring up. Andre Iguodala, since he came here, has been a real strength for the team. Oh, he's been great. Right? And I think we could say there was that time when you wondered, okay, what is his role here? Where where some guys would have been, screw you, am I going to the bench? I'm not a bench guy. I'm a starter. You, you, you came and got me, and you signed me. I didn't come here to sit the bench. But Andre Godala said, yeah, that's cool. I'll... I'll, I'll I'll sit the bench. And that's one of those things that when a guy of his resume says, I'm going to the, I'm cool with coming off the bench, how can anybody else have a complaint? And that really set a tone. But really, the whole thing being a starter or not, it does, it's about, it's about if you're on the finish, if you're on the floor at the finish versus the start is what's really important. And he was always on the floor for the finish. But just the symbolic thing of he's not going to start really set a tone for this team a while ago, and he is a guy that can have the ball in his hands and do so many things. We know he does defensively, but but right now, can he be that guy to really help you out in the absence of Steph Curry? Does he still have that? Well, I think that's a really good question, and what I was thinking while you were talking about Iguodala going to the bench. So if you think about it, you asked Iguodala to go to the bench, and he went ahead and did it. Now it's a year or two down the line, and you know what? Whether you like it or not, Iguodala is a player that knows when to turn it on. He knows when the games get more important. And you know what? He's at the point of his career where you can't expect big-time play in November, December, and January. 
So you might think, well, that's BS. I mean, what, we're, we're only going to get Iguodala for half a seat? Well, you know what? This is what you, I don't want to say this is what you allow, but it is acceptable because it's, you're talking about Iguodala. He's already shown himself to be a team player. He's already shown himself to be somebody who can turn it on, which is what we want all the Warriors to do. So the bad news is until we're not going to know if Iguodala has it or not until he has it or not. We're expecting he's going to have it because he's had it in the past, and he probably will. But every year's different, and every year he's a year older. So we'll see what happens come come postseason. Let's go to Greg in San Francisco. You're on Warriors Wrap Up. Hey, thanks, my friends. Hey, let's give a little credit to the Pacers. They're, they're battling Cleveland for that number four spot. So uh, I think they're a tough team at home, actually. Yeah. And I just want I want to say, I want to get your comment, uh, my friends, is that I, I want to see, I actually want to see Livingston. Or even Iguodala started the point. I think we got to be more physical. Come, you know, come the playoffs, we can't afford to drop a game at home for one thing. And as far as I'm concerned, Looney, Cook, and uh, Jones, if he's on the lineup, I don't know what's happened to Caspi. Uh, they need to get limited time during these playoffs. We got to go with the veteran lineup. And uh, basically, that's why I want to say I want to say Livingston or Iguodala is not exactly a point guard, but Livingston sure is. I want them starting at the point and. Let's have your take on that, guys. Well, it's not a crazy idea, Townie. But you know what? I think if we found one thing out about Steve Kerr over the last three, four years as a Warriors coach is that he really likes to develop a rotation that he can use consistently as a template for how to move forward. And I think one of the big reasons he likes to do that is because he likes his five-man units to be – to develop their own kind of chemistry. So I think he's going to start Quinn Cook because by starting Quinn Cook, you can keep Livingston and Iguodala exactly in their roles as they'd have if Curry played. But if you play Iguodala and you start him or you start Livingston, that's just not Kerr's Curl do it, but he doesn't like doing it. He just doesn't like doing it. And then what? What are you going to use? Then are you going to use Quinn Cook in the exact role Iguodala had? Well, you're not really going to do that, so you're going to play Quinn Cook when you feel like you could use him, but then Quinn Cook is kind of an outlier because he hasn't played with any of the other units. He's only been playing with the starters now as the season ends, so I hear what uh, Greg's saying. I just don't think Steve Kerr is going to go that way. If Steve Kerr was here, I would ask him a certain question. Can you play Steve Kerr for me? Sure. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo, Smart Home Security. Steve Kerr will answer the question as we roll on right here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Nine on the clock. Cook will fire a three off the dribble. Front rib bounces up. No good. Loose rebound on the deck. Who's going to get it? Sean Livingston doesn't go down. Turner does. Flipped it forward to Oladipo. Oladipo beats everybody to the rim and dumps it down. Well, that kind of highlights how the day has gone for the Warriors. The hustle plays. Everything has gone to Indiana. Caring in general was the main problem. I thought we cared tonight. Last, you know, over the last few games, we, we, we cared. But like I said, they played a better basketball game. They came out with a better strategy being more aggressive than us. I think it took us a while to wrap the aggressive and stuff. Um, like I said, the fourth, 
They shot the ball well. I think we care. I mean, I think everybody in the locker room cares about playing ball. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Warriors with the loss to the Indiana Pacers, 126-106 to here on 95.7 The Game. Just three games left. So, Steve, you're about to head into the postseason. You, as you just mentioned, or actually, I don't know, Steve, if you heard Matt Steinmetz mentioned, you like to have kind of set rotations. You like to have your first team. You like to have your second team. You like to have your second team come in consistently during different points of the game. You do like that. Do you actually have, if the playoffs started today, do you actually, are you comfortable with a set rotation right now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for the question. Steve Kerr brought to you by oh, you Walnut know what, Creek you, you Chrysler know what it is. Oh, Jeep okay. Dodge Ram, where saving is simple, online at walnutcreekjeep.com. No, I, I do think he does, and I think it's essentially, I think he's going to keep it as simple as possible and just pretend Quinn Cook is Steph Curry. And I think he's going to give Quinn Cook most of Steph Curry's minutes. Maybe not all his minutes, because Curry probably averages, what, 33 minutes a game? Now, Cook's played some big-minute games uh, in the last few weeks. So I, I, I don't expect him to take all of Steph Curry's minutes, but I do expect him to play the role of Steph Curry, and then if you have to stretch out Livingston or Iguodala to kind of make up for the minutes that he doesn't pick up, I think that's possible. Uh, that's kind of the problem. What do you mean? What is Iguodala? What is Sean Livingston? You mean if they have to play more minutes? Who are they right now? Well, I mean, it's a good question, but it's not a question that Steve Kerr worries about one iota. Because I remember asking him, or somebody asked him about Iguodala, and he just, I mean, like, the way it feels to me is he doesn't even worry about Iguodala. Why? Because Iguodala is going to play every single game where he's healthy, a certain amount of minutes, even if he stinks. Now, he's never really going to stink because he's a good player. He may not be able to make a shot, but he's always going to be halfway decent when it comes to defense, when it comes to playing smart, when it comes to not turning the ball over. So so I don't think Steve Kerr worries about Andre Iguodala or not. I think he hopes he makes shots, but I don't think... I don't I don't think he spends any time worrying about Iguodala. Deep down, does he worry about anybody? Probably Curry. I think he's I don't think he's necessarily concerned with individuals as opposed to the team. He's gone through this before. He knows exactly where the players are at. They're making another deep playoff run. That's why I think he was he was very lenient almost this season. We didn't see a lot of angry Steve Kerr, and I think it's because he said, you know what, this regular season, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I know how hard it is to play another season like they have the, the last three. Now, three games are remaining in the schedule. They lose at Indiana. I think he might be turning the switch why else would he say this is embarrassing and pathetic? So I think Steve Kerr now is going to start to coach a little differently. Maybe 
flip his switch, if you will, starting to become uh, more of a bad guy than he's been most of the regular season. That's interesting how you put that right there. He is now going to flip his switch. We always talk about teams flipping the switch. We always talk about players flipping the switch. You don't really hear about coaches flipping the switch. No, because it's because for the most part, a coach is what a coach is. They don't change their behavior based on, especially at the pros, based on whether they're winning or losing games. But I do think a play a coach like Steve Kerr looks at the Warriors and says, "All right, look, we got to play. The playoffs are starting in seven, eight, ten days. So." You know what? I'm going to have to push these guys a little bit more when they don't deliver. And they didn't deliver tonight. And so he kind of took them to task in the post game. And we'll see how they react uh, when they come back and, and play Saturday against who they play? New Orleans? Saturday? The Golden State Warriors' remaining schedule is. You know me, Tony. I take them one at a time. I think it's New Orleans. <laughs> it is New Orleans. Yeah. You'll, you'll be doing. You'll be doing the show on Saturday. Sure. Sunday, you'll be doing the show again. Won't be doing Phoenix. the show Sunday. Oh, you're not? No. Sunday's my off day, Townie. They, they give me one off day. You get week. one off day? One off day. Must be nice. Uh, who who will be doing the show? John Dickinson, then, and the coach, Gary Keating. What did Rick Barry once say? I couldn't care less. I could not care less. That's exactly Caring right. in general. I, I see mean, the problem here. <laughs> and then uh, Tuesday will be the last game, which you and I both will be working Yes, at. sir. That'll be at uh, Oracle Arena, right? No, that'll be in Utah, oh. unless you want to go to Salt Lake. Salt Lake, I've said it before. I'll say it again. One of the most underrated towns in the country. I had, a, I had a very good time in Salt Lake. I, I really do. Sneaky good. It's 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 kind of weird, but it's sneaky good. It's 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 a beautiful city. The people are very friendly. And perhaps best of all, Salt Lake City has a seedy underbelly that nobody <laughs> knows about. But I'll tell you what. the lo- Certain locals know yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. It's got some stuff going on in the dark there. That, yeah, you that... think, Lucas, you think <laughs> it's all about religion there. And let me tell you, no, it's not. It's, you know, Salt Lake City's like most people. It has a dark side. That's all. Yeah, because you don't want to present the dark side. No. Oh, my gosh. No. no the image you want to portray to people is that of a uh, someone who is a pillar in the community. But then once you get behind closed doors, you're a dirtbag. It's Salt Lake City. I wouldn't go that far, but it's uh, it's well, got uh, it's, 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 it's a multifaceted city. Yeah, I just I I I, I understand, and I think you said it perfectly earlier. Everybody is coming up with the very best. Steph comes back, the best. You're going to get the very best. Andre Iguodala, when he comes back, the he can flip that switch. Everybody's counting on everything to be as good as it possibly can, and that's why I ask. Really, with Iguodala, really with Livingston, and you just start looking. I mean. I think, and I know we talked about it a little, little bit ago, I, I mean, it's a no-brainer Quinn Cook's going to be on the roster, even before we started talking about this contract. He is your Geico. He is your farmer's insurance for Steph Curry. Steph Curry, no matter what you want to have, sunshine and lollipops, and he's coming back after being hurt, and he's still going to be the greatest player, okay, 
I'll let you say it. Until we see, we don't know. Right. But you've got to have insurance in case that doesn't happen, and that insurance is Quinn Cook. I, I think I think you said it exactly right. And But here's the other thing I was thinking about these remaining three games. The Warriors can go out and just uh, throw their sneakers out on the floor, and they might win, they might lose. But there's a reason why that's not a good idea. And we saw a little bit of it tonight. The Pacers, the way the Pacers played tonight, it was a playoff game for them because they have something at stake. The Warriors are going to play the Pelicans Saturday night at Oracle Arena. The Pelicans are going to play that game like a playoff game because they still need to win to make the playoffs. They play the Suns Sunday, get rid of that game. Then on Tuesday, they're going to play the Jazz. And that game's going to be very important to the Utah Jazz. It might even give them home court in the first round. So why wouldn't you try to ramp up right now? Because two out of these last three games are going to be playoff-type games. Maybe not for you, but for the other team. So you may as well... Try to adjust to the intensity level now. And oh, by the way, you ain't getting Curry back. You're not getting Curry back for the first few games of the playoffs. So you you better try to play a game at full intensity without him before you absolutely positively have to. Before before you get out of here and before we do our Arlo, can you be Steve Kerr once again? Yeah. Who's not making the playoff roster if Quinn Cook is? You know, Tony, we like to keep that in house uh, until we actually have to make that decision. And so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know, Bob Myers is the general manager of this team, so you might want to direct that to Bob Myers. Why can't you just be honest and say it's Caspi, Coach? I'll tell you why. Can we go back to me being Matt Steinmetz? No, I want you to be Steve Kerr. Well, I can't tell you why. I want the truth. Because you know what? Because maybe we're working on something that you don't know. He ain't got a bad ankle. He can't play. You didn't really like the way he played anyway. Cut his ass, coach. Come on. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow on my show, but I'm going to give you a little. I'm going to give you a little spoonful. All right. Of sugar makes the medicine go. Down. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think you could make a case for what I'm about to say. Everybody assumes it's going to be Caspi, and I get it. Caspi's hurt. But what if Caspi's healthy right now? I think you could make a case that you wave Nick Young rather than Omri Caspi. <gasps> Swaggy three? And the, and the reason I say that, I know everybody says, well, there's going to be a couple games where Nick Young's he, he should help you. He's going to help you win a game by making shots. You know what? He might. But let me ask you this question. Who's more likely to blow a game for you? <laughs> Nick Young or Omri Caspi? I think we know the answer to that question. We've been waiting all year for him to be that guy that they thought he could be and could help them at times. And we've had, well, you never know in the postseason. But you know what I do know? I do know right now that my home's secure. I do know right now that your home is secure. Why? Because we have Arlo. Go check out Arlo.com. You'll see all the different bells and whistles we've been talking about all year long. 1080p HD. The cameras are phenomenal. 
They are absolutely phenomenal. If somebody comes walking up to your door, you're going to get an instant message on your phone letting you know someone is at your door. Then you can, on your phone, pull up the camera and talk to that person. Two-way audio allows you to talk to that person at your door saying, why are you at my door? Tony, you're going to think I'm kidding, but I'm not. There is somebody at my door right now. It's my buddy, Dana. I can see him on the Arlo app, and I realized that I told him to meet me at my house an hour before I should have. You know what I mean? I said, yeah, get there about quarter of eight or so, a quarter of eight, when I really made quarter of nine. So he just called me, and I could actually see him calling me on his phone on my front porch. And if I wanted to talk to him, I could, but I'm on the air now, Correct. so I can't. So now you can turn your mic off, and you can talk to him with the two-way audio. I said the coolest thing was I did it in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii. How far is Hawaii from San Jose? It's about a six-hour flight. I don't know what the mileage is, but I was in Hawaii, and I actually talked to somebody at my front door from the pool at the resort. It's amazing. You can also check out this great product at Best Buy. Go to Best Buy or go to Arlo.com. We're going to hear from Steve Kerr as we roll on right here. Warriors wrap up after the Warriors lose to the Pacers 126 to 106 on the home of the Warriors, 95 7 the game. You're listening to Warriors wrap up on 95 7 the game. Chris Townsend with you after the Warriors lose to the Pacers, 126-106. to And Steve Kerr was absolutely thrilled after the game, and he's brought to you by Faria. Check out Faria.com and discover a new way to sell your home that's completely free for sellers. Caring in general, what was the main problem? Where did you see that most? I know there was a loose ball in the line. Just trying, you know, cutting hard, driving maybe boxing out once in a while. Um, just in general, it's hard to win an NBA game if if you don't put forth an effort at all. Are you mad about this one? I know it's a relevant season. Yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I mean, I know that this game doesn't mean anything in the seeding. The playoffs start next week. It was an embarrassing effort, pathetic effort. How much did you sense that going to play in terms of playoff service around the Uh Well, maybe, maybe they are. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's you know the game doesn't matter, so we'll try next week. So hopefully we will. There's some feel to how you guys were going into the, the All Star break. Oh, I don't know. I don't even remember that. All right. What do you see specifically with Kevin with this three-point shooting? Uh, tough night. You know, he's, he's a great shooter and just didn't make him tight. You guys got uh, news on Patrick today. I mean, I know he's going to be out four weeks, but you consider good news just I mean, considering everything. Well, considering 
you know what happened yeah, yeah it's I mean it, just him walking was good news um, and uh, so we'll um, you know we'll reevaluate in four weeks I feel bad for Patty more than anything you know um, I was hoping that the news would be better and that he'd be able to come back um, you know over the next couple of weeks but it's not the case so he's got to uh, you know get healthy and and uh, you know we'll try to help him as best we can with our training staff and we'll see where it all goes we are going to have to address that coming up here at the top of the hour those remarks by steve kerr interesting who's it for who is it really for we'll address that coming up here at the top of the hour one more we hear from sean livingston after this loss yeah, I mean, you know, he's the head coach, and he has the right to do that. Um, you know, he sat there the whole game and watched what was right in front of him. So um, we got to be better. We got to be better. And, you know, tonight we were off, but we can't be off as far as our effort, our intensity, because that's, you know, that's what uh, what we're playing for going into the playoffs. That was, they were playing playoff basketball tonight, you know, and we weren't. Uh, what do you think contributed to that? I don't have the answers. I don't have the answer to that. Do you, do you get a sense that you guys are just kind of ready for the playoffs to get here? Yeah, that's the easy answer. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like it's tough to just turn it on, you know, especially with missing, you know, a guy like Steph. Uh, we, we need to, I think, Coach is trying to look for our identity going into the playoffs, you know, without stuff. And it's important to, I think, uh, have some confidence going in and, you know, have some rhythm going in. And the only way that we can do that is with our, our effort and, and intensity. And it just wasn't, it wasn't there tonight. Some real honesty there by Sean Livingston. Matt Kolsky joins me as he'll join me for the next four hours coming up here at the top of the hour. We'll have the Chris Townsend show going from eight to midnight to dirty midnight. Did you hear all that? Did you have your headphones in? Yeah, man. That's some interesting. uh, I I like the ownership of it from Sean Livingston. But do you you even believe it? Well, I don't. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't know what to believe with this team anymore with anything. It's hard to, I mean, I, everything he said there. But was, I do believe this. Yeah. You don't always flip the switch and it flips. Right. I think that's true. And he said so that's, that. So that's so that I. He said they were playing playoff basketball. We weren't. Right. That's and then, all true. And then the other part I thought was true was. People really in the media and fans. We talk about flipping the switch. And we talk about, well, these guys are just ready for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, yeah, you can say that, but it's not that easy. And then he brought up flipping the switch. Which is the right thing to say, but do you really get the feeling that the team believes it? Because it's pretty clear they believe they can flip the switch. It's it's so extreme at this point that I, I feel like, you know, all year we've focused in small and said well if they really cared they'd be better right i mean that's basically been the attitude towards the entire season lately since the all-star break it's gotten to the point where it seems like occasionally like for instance a couple nights ago against oklahoma city they take it upon themselves to prove something right we're depleted but we can still beat a full strength oklahoma city team and they did it i'm not gonna say easily but they were in control 
And then it's almost like every time they have one of these games since the All-Star break where it's like, oh, they're locked in now. Because the other Oklahoma City game was another one. Then after that, they kind of relax again. So it's hard not to interpret it as confidence. Yeah, but I love the way we spin it. Oh, they, they were up for Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City's 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Yeah, but it's a, it's, it's a storyline thing, right? It's, it, That's great, but the, the Indiana line. Pacers are, are not. great. So the team, so we, because so, we had a little thing out there earlier here in 95-7, and of course we have an, uh, an, an uh, Danny Freisinger, yes. our AP, uh-huh. Uh, is a big Warrior fan. Of course. And he was spinning the very positive. Yes, he likes to spin positive. He spin positive, which is great. I mean, you need you need everybody, right? <laughs> and I was kind of laughing at it going, I'm kind of he- tired of hearing that. It's kind of what Sean Livingston had to say. And it's funny. It's like, well, well, that was a big win against Well, Oklahoma City's not playing great basketball. That's true. So you beat, so the narrative, or as you said, the headline of the article, it's sexy because it's Oklahoma City, and we know of this rivalry with Oklahoma City, but the reality is they're not playing good basketball, and the team who actually is playing good basketball kicked your ass tonight. That's true. That's true. And the problem with all of this is that we won't have the answers till we get to the postseason because... That proper motivation we've been alluding to since game one, basically, that's playoffs. And even then, it's only the first round. It's only because Steph's out or we'd still have the issue. If if Steph was going to be healthy for the first round of the playoffs, I think we'd see an unfocused team in the first round as well. Now, I think Steph out, maybe we get a sense of urgency in round one. But it's hard to see... If they're waiting for the moment where they absolutely have to turn it on, it's hard to see where that pops up. And and there's certainly a valid concern that they might not feel that pressure till it's a little late. Yeah, that's the, the thing we see in the, the history of sports. There are times that certain athletes, and it's really harder as a team than, a, than an individual, there are times when you're able to do it. You have that little... Magic, since I have 12-year-old twins, that pixie dust. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you can bring out that pixie dust, but at some point, you run out of that pixie dust, and people like us keep talking about it. You don't know till you go for the sprinkle, and it's not there. And then all of a sudden, we go, oh my God, the, the, the greatness of this team. You know, LeBron James was one of, not five, not six, hmm. not seven. And then, some t- and then at some point, you just don't have it. So... Whether it's this year, next year, two years. I mean, we want to see this thing go forever. But if you're going to play that that very delicate game of we're going to turn the switch on, you know, sometimes you turn that switch on. Unfortunately, the light doesn't go with it. The last team I can remember that really had this level of confidence in its ability to flip the switch and then went to flip it and it the light didn't turn on, I think of the Lakers team that lost to Detroit. I, I, I reference that all the time. Beautiful. Great way to get into the Chris Townsend Show. We've got four hours. Your phone calls, 888-957-9570. Great guest, you name it, we got it. And we are going to start out the show agreeing on something. How could this one team take down this giant?
All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.